Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6... Evolutionary Org Hardcore 2.0, episode 43. Today we're going to be talking about HGH and Trembolone bulking through Parapharma. This is going to be a really fun episode. Um, so let's get right into it, Mobster. And let's talk about why people like to use HGH and Trend. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about bulking. We're going to talk about uh, bulking with these two steroids. We're going to talk about the different options that Parapharma has in terms of HGH, which they have one option, but they do have several different trend options. And then we're going to talk about how to stack them together. And then we're going to, offer, we're going to finish the show with some tips and tricks for using HGH and trend so you can get the most out of it. Because, you know, HGH is one of those things you're spending a lot of money on HGH. You want to make sure that you're definitely taking full advantage of it. So it's going to be a really a fun show. So let's first talk about Parapharma a little bit. And Parapharma is one of those brands, all right, that has, you know, gained a lot in popularity over the past five years, but they've been around a long time. People don't realize they've actually been around 12, 13 years now. And they've been on so many different uh, bodybuilding forums and gotten a, a cult-like following from so many people because of their high quality gear. And look, on their gear, um, they have so many different options in terms of orals, injectables, and of course, the HGH option that they have. So really, they're a one-stop shop. And a lot of people, you know, they depend on Parapharma and they trust Parapharma with their, you know, with their health and with their, you know, with their bodies for a reason. And, you know, they're simply one of the top brands out there and they're really, really well-respected. Um, what what I like about Parapharma Mobster is they have, you can go on their website, you actually take a look at their products and they keep their products in stock. And I like that, first of all. So that's really, really important that they keep it in stock. They have uh, different types of promotions where you can invite people to, to use them. They have a price match. They have guides um, on there. Um, that kind of go over different types of steroids, different types of ideas behind steroids. They have different uh, things on their products um, when it comes to certificates of analysis. So you can go on their HGH, for example, their paratropin, um, and it has a certificate of analysis right there for you where they sent it out and had it tested. And they have it right here. We've also had different um, members and vets on the forum who have, you know, completely anonymously uh, purchased the Parapharma products and then had them and then independently tested themselves and paid for it out of their own, out of their own pocket. It had nothing to do with Parapharma, had nothing to do with the form or anything, but they just wanted to know, is this stuff legit? And they had it sent out and it would come back. You know, the products come back 97, 98, 99% pure. So we're talking pharmaceutical quality gear and you're getting it at an excellent price and you're basically buying it you know 
buying it right online. So it's it's as simple as pie. It's a, it's a great, great brand, Parapharma. Mobster, your thoughts? I'm going to echo something that Steve said about the way that the, the brand and, and it's become a thing for people. I'm thinking, Steve, from way back when I first became involved in lifting and became aware of PEDs, and there was a particular company name which is there's actually a bunch of companies now with very, very similar sounding names. And th those of you that are old school like me will know the name that I'm thinking of based over in Thailand. Parafarm is starting to get into that, Steve, where the reputation takes its time to build up. But you go, OK, uh, my buddy's tried this product. My buddy's tried that product. It's one of those products that people are starting to say, hang on, I know someone that's used that. They got great results. And that kind of reputation takes a very long time to build up. I've touched upon how labs have come and gone over the years, Steve, and how, you know, reputations can be built up and lost very, very quickly. But when you start to become that kind of almost borderline, as Parafarmer is legendary status, I'm thinking for the other company, to the point where other brands have more or less mimicked their particular name. And in fact, arguably, the original company is not actually that good anymore. But the status of the company is just that, oh, yes, I've done that. I've taken those pills. I've used that injectable. Parafarm is there now. Steve talks about stuff that I've mentioned on a bunch of shows when I refer to how a company gets to stick around because they're producing solid products. You don't get to last, as Steve said, very, very close, as we record this podcast, to 13 years. You don't get to stay around that long. I know labs that have lasted less than a year, Steve. I know companies that were back in the day were big, and now they're tiny if they still exist at all. We know of underground labs in Mexico that, you know, were fantastic for five minutes, made loads and loads of money, and they disappeared. They got they got taken over. They got burnt down. The, the feds raided them, whatever else. To get to last 13 years and to continue to build, as we say in this, the business, full stop, the brand and the name and your reputation is very, very hard. And it just proves that. And again, this is something that people go on different forums for. You can go on another forum and they will have their pet lab. But when you get to see across multiple forums, names coming up again and again and again, those reputations cross from sponsors and approved sources and, and pet labs and whatever else, and they get into the, these are products I've tried and tested. Now, on the finish of this, Steve, and you and I have mentioned this in other shows, we have tried Parapharma products. I can say sitting here as I record this show with Steve that I've used their Cut Stack 150. I used that on the cut, and I got results from that. And I've t I posted a log on the forums. You can come over there and check. You can see the doses I was using, the frequency of the doses, the results that I got. And here's a thing for you listeners. The whole point of a cut, of course, is to lose fat, get leaner. And I've mentioned this, right? My body weight started at a certain weight late. You can see on the uh, log, went up. Uh, so I was trying to recomposition, Steve, and yet I still kept, even now, even following a bolt, I've still kept my belt down one notch for when I'm in the gym. So I have definitely done something right. And that was with Parafarmers' help and with using their products, guys. You can absolutely say it's not just us talking about a product we've got no experience with. I've got specific experience of Parafarmer products. So, yeah, highly regarded. One more thing, Stephen. It's literally because I was looking on the forums this morning. Coming across, someone's put a parafarm uh, a touchdown, and I said to them, one of the things that they're probably unique within the industry for is literally how the little packets, the sachets, appear. So they're all black, and 
that investment just to stand out in the marketplace is incredibly expensive versus the almost daily common white ones, Steve. Those would be a lot cheaper to buy, a lot cheaper to produce, a lot cheaper to label, so on and so forth. It's why a load of labs do that, maximize profit. Parafarm has gone out of their way to produce something that stands out in the marketplace just on the little sachets that the orals come in, never mind how the injectables are presented, never mind how the trend is, and never mind how the growth hormone, which, of course, we're talking about today. I will jump right into the next topic, Steve, and uh, more specifically at the end, the reasons why trend and growth hormone for bulking might be a little bit more hardcore. So I'll start with bulking, and Steve and I have had a chat about this on a couple of shows recently. What is bulking? For the neophytes that are listening, that literally just coming into this as is, and they're trying to do research and learn about the sport and how performance and health and drug use works. Bulking is getting bigger, adding muscle. Now, generally speaking, it used to be a combination of muscle and a little bit of fat, a little bit of water. But in the modern terminology, in the way that we do it now, the vernacular is kind of more of a lean bulk. So we don't blow up 20, 30, 40 pounds like we used to do back in the day, Steve, in the off-season. But equally, it's the time of year that you're covered up. It's the time of year when you're adding new tissue. If you're a professional bodybuilder, for example, Steve, competing, and you're doing two, three competitions a year, it's incredibly hard doing that to hold on to and grow and add new muscle tissue. Just holding on to the muscle tissue you've got is incredibly hard because just the dieting process and the cardio and everything else can actually make you lose some of that lean tissue. So what happens when they're not competing? Everybody, but especially competitive bodybuilders, tend to be a little bit softer. Few less lines, less gyrations. They let they, they let the hair grow. And, and you're more likely to see this fellow with a couple of tops on in the gym doing six, seven plates. And the reps are lower. But just added soft tissue and muscle tissue. And the trick, of course, is come the summertime, and we'll do podcasts on this as well, I'm sure, Steve, to when you get cut, lose that, uh, lose the fat and show everybody the new tissue. So for me, bulking is growing, Steve. Cutting is keeping the muscle tissue that you've got and getting lean so that the muscle tissue can be revealed. And, of course, in the wintertime, I've touched on this before, you're more likely to be covered up because it's just fucking colder. And you're more likely to eat food that you, you're you not going to be 100% like you need to be on a competition or a cut diet. You're more likely to eat more calories, more protein, more fats, and just fill out a little bit. But again, ultimately, the growth part is bulking. The cutting part is getting lean. What do you think on that, Steve? My view on bulking is simple. It means increasing your body mass. And you know, increasing body mass can make different types of you know it, it can be different types of things it can be water it can be fat and it can be muscle you got to keep in mind when it comes to muscle tissue muscle tissue is different than muscle muscle is mostly made up of water so i can put anybody on a bulking stack and give you a bunch of testosterone a bunch of dianabol and you'll bulk up a bunch of water weight 10 15 20 or more pounds of water weight, no anti-estrogen, no aromatase inhibitor, and you would bulk up. Believe me, you would bulk up really, really nicely if I were to uh, put you on that. But it's not really bulking in my mind. It's just basically, get, you know, just blowing up water weight in my mind. So muscle tissue is very different. This is one of the things I like about the 
the stack we're going to be talking about on this podcast, HGH and trend, because HGH and trend, we're going to talk about why in this podcast, but HGH and trend are one of the best when it comes to building actual muscle tissue, which is going to be much better than just putting on a bunch of mass. So there's different variations of bulking. Look, do you want to look just like a big dude, a big perma bulker? Or do you want to like look big, but still be lean at the same time? There's a different type of thing. So I think we're in this podcast, we're going to talk about, you know, the idea of getting bigger, but also not getting fat and not putting on a bunch of water weight because HGH, at least in the intermediate term, does not put on water weight. It may initially, and then trend doesn't put on water weight, does not aromatize into estrogen. So this is this is one of these this is one of these stacks that we're gonna get into in this one. So touch on that a bit, and then we'll get into uh, more information about HGH. Now, something I said to Steve in the pre-show was that I mean there, there's always going to be different approaches, and everybody that's listening to the show doesn't all want the same thing. So like Steve said, some of us might like to be bulky. Uh, others of us, you know, literally want to walk around with a six pack all year round, right? And one of the things I said to Steve in the pre-show was thus, if you're using TREN and GH or HGH to bulk, you're kind of hardcore. I certainly wouldn't recommend it, especially if you're bulking on TREN with the side effects that TREN can give you. And we're going to talk about that as well. Uh, I, 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 you'd have to know how you respond to PEDs and specifically, ideally, you'd have some idea as part of a previous stack or cycle that you've done how you respond well to trend. So to bulk on trend and then include growth hormone HGH as a part of that particular stack. You need, in my experience, my opinion, should I say, Steve, to know what the hell you're doing, to understand that you're, we're talking about kind of, that's not something I'd want you to do the first time or second time you've ever used PEDs. I'd want you to have some experience, some knowledge, how it works for you, how it's worked for other people and apply that. But at the same time, just for example, Steve, the sheer recomposition effects that trend can have in and of itself is, is something that you need to understand. In other words, you can arguably, potentially, and it depends on your diet, of course, lose fat and gain muscle at the same time, aka recomposition, and then something else as well. And this is a thing that people will sometimes misunderstand or fail to understand. Growth hormone in and of itself may have for example, Steve, certain elements about it which aid recovery, especially with soft tissue, connective tissue repair. But every single person, and I'm thinking especially professional bodybuilders that have ever spoken about this, talk about the synergy. You can take a testosterone derivative, train, et cetera, on its own and get X results. You can take growth hormone on its own and get X results. And we tend to talk about these things sometimes, Steve, in isolation. Oh, this does this, this does that. Here's one of those stacks where the combination of a form of test, specifically trend today, and growth hormone has an effect together over and above the effect that they would have separately. And that's another reason why when we talk about PED use, we say, you know, get some experience, find out how you respond, use something that's effective for you that doesn't work for someone else and so on and so forth. So this for me, that's a little bit more advanced need a little bit better knowledge, even, for example, as we're going to discuss the preparation of GH. You need to know what you're kind of doing. You need to know how to get the best out of it. But ultimately, I think this is one of those ones, if you can handle it, 
if you can afford it, you're going to get some great, great results from this stack. But I want you to have experience. I want you to know, arguably, that there might be some side effects that you might not like. And they, it shouldn't happen in this day and age, Steve, not with podcasts like this, but we still get people. I took trend. I can't handle the sweats. I can't. Motherfucker, you've got no excuse. You're not going in blindfolded anymore. There are podcasts like this from Parapharma helping you, giving you that knowledge. So, again, do your research, guys. Double check what we're talking about on this show. And especially don't run the stack like this from day one. Go away. Do your research. Play around with other anabolics. Get get some time under your belt in terms of PDUs. And then come to this one when you're good and ready, Steve. Back to you. So let's get into HGH a little bit and um, educate you guys on it. So human growth hormone, look, it's found in the body. We're developing it. It helps us grow, growing up, uh, children, adolescents who have growth hormone deficiencies. They can end up with different conditions like dwarfism, et cetera. They can actually be prescribed by doctors uh, to help with that. So growth hormone is, is used in medicine for primarily that reason. As you get older, so you get, start getting your 20s, just like testosterone, your growth hormone starts to drop, okay? And growth hormone will drop big time, especially as you get older. So what will end up happening is it starts getting harder to recover from workouts. Aging, uh, growth hormone is good for anti-aging. Growth hormone is good for things like your skin. So it's a peptide hormone. And it stimulates growth on the cellular level. You see guys who are professionals, these 300-pound beasts out there, you know, who are in the Mr. Olympia, they're using growth hormone. And they're using growth hormone because growth hormone actually splits and grows your muscle cells. So, so basically, it's different than anabolic steroids. Anabolic steroids just grow the cells, but the growth hormone will split and grow the cells. That's, that's part of the reason why... These guys are so huge. They're running a ton of HGH, a ton of HGH, way more than what we're going to recommend on this podcast. But, okay, so as you get older, it starts dropping. Now, a lot of anti-aging clinics, nowadays, you can go to an anti-aging clinic and pay up the ass, and they will be more than happy to prescribe you HGH. But it's going to cost you a lot of money going through a, um, a clinic like this. Parapharma HGH, is a hell of a lot more affordable. Um, so, you know, that's a good option if if you don't want to spend, you're, you're talking three, four times as much money you'll be spending going to an anti-aging clinic. But look, I've I've heard of guys even in the late 20s going to anti-aging clinics and being able to put, get on HGH. Is there any benefits to be that young and going HGH? Not really, unless you plan on going pro, especially if you're going to use it solo. But when you stack it, with something like trend, which is we're going to talk about the cycle, you can get some tremendous results. And trust me, these pro bodybuilders, they're running plenty of trend and they're running plenty of HGH to get to where they are. So we're going to take it down a notch. We're going to take it down a notch from what the pros are using in this podcast and explain it. So lucky for us, you know, the growth hormone in our body starts tanking, like I said, and then you can take exogenous growth hormone from uh, a, a brand like para, paratropin and you can mix it up and you can take it yourself. So 
Basically, what you would do, paratropin comes in 100 IU, and it's very affordable, less than a, than a car payment in a lot of cases. And what you do, you, it comes in 10 vials, which are 10 IUs each vial. So you get the vial. You're going to carefully mix it. Um, usually people use backwater. Some people use sterile water, but I recommend backwater. And you're going to put it in the fridge. Right now, I recommend with gr growth hormone, you also put it in the fridge before you, re you reconstitute it. This is going to keep the shelf life longer. After you reconstitute it, you definitely want to put it in the fridge. If you leave it on the counter for a day, it will rapidly degrade. So you want to always make sure you put it in the refrigerator. Very, very important. Even when it's delivered to your mailbox, you want to immediately go and get it out of your mailbox and get it into your fridge as soon as possible because it will last longer doing it that way. So look, the bottom line is growth hormones in our body, they stimulate cell reproduction, cell regeneration in humans and animals. And look, it's a great performance enhancing drugs. Um, Lance Armstrong, if you can remember him, mobster, I'm sure you know who that is. Great bicyclist. He got busted for growth hormone. Um, so endurance athletes are using growth hormone. Bodybuilders are using growth hormone. Um, they use it for a reason. It has tremendous benefits, um, to athletes. I'm just going to go over a quick list mobster. I'm going to let you, I'm going to bring you in here as to the benefits yeah. of growth hormone. Deeper sleep. Now, this is something you're going to notice pretty freaking fast with growth hormone. And it stacks with trend beautifully because trend actually makes it harder to sleep for most people. So you're going to have a harder time sleeping on trend, but HGH actually does the opposite. It, it will knock, the, knock you out. You'll sleep the deepest you've ever slept in your life. Um, ever since maybe you were like a baby, you'll probably sleep better on uh, HGH than um than you've ever slept before. You'll notice these the, the that benefit pretty quick. Now the increased fat loss with HGH, again, because insulin and HGH kind of run counter counterintuitively in the bottom. They, they're inverted. Okay. So basically when insulin goes up, HGH goes down and the opposite. So with growth hormone, it's going to help with fat loss. But this isn't something you notice very quickly on growth hormone. It takes time on growth hormone. So again, stacking you with trend which a lot of people are able to shred very well on, is a very, very good weapon. Increased metabolism on HGH. Uh, that's something that you'll notice actually pretty quickly. You're not going to notice it, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to subtly come over time. Skin and smoother skin, that's something that you'll notice after a couple months on it. Immune system boost, definitely. Um, we know from studies, if you have low amounts of growth hormone, low amounts of testosterone in your body, you're hormone deficient, that if you run the, the therapeutic dose, okay, or a little bit above that, it can actually boost your immune system, make your, make your body stronger, make your immune system stronger. And that's something that's going to happen pretty quickly. Increased libido. This is one that's a little more subtle. But if you have a growth hormone deficiency, it will definitely, you'll definitely notice a difference on that. More energy levels, that just comes hand in hand. Again, if you have low HGH, you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, you've got definitely got low HGH. And the that's one of the reasons why you have low energy, which is going to be many reasons in our um, Western diets. But in this situation, 
uh, can definitely help with energy level. Increase endurance and performance in the gym, hence why Lance Armstrong was using it. Hence why bodybuilders use it. Big, big difference with that. And you'll notice that those benefits pretty quickly as well within the first couple of weeks. Um, improved, improved cholesterol levels. Um, this is something that is dependent on how much you're using. If you're overdosing on HGH, a lot of these benefits can turn in, into, into negatives. And we're going to get into side effects just, uh, in a second here. And then faster recovery, mobster. And this is one you'll notice a few weeks into HGH. You're just recovering faster from your workouts. It's nothing like huge. I'm not going to like overstate it where it's like a miracle. But like all things being equal, if your nutrition's on point, if your sleep is on point, if you're working out properly and not overtraining, you will, all things being equal, you should be able to uh, recover definitely faster on, on HGH because it's anti-aging. So you'll be recovering like you did as an 18-year-old or 20-year-old, even when you're in your 50s. So that's that's all the benefits of, of HGH and why it's um, a very good use to bodybuilders. So Momster, chime in on that. And we're going to get into the side effects of HGH because, you know, we're, we want to be, you know, upfront on, on the benefits and the detriments oh, yeah. of yeah. using HGH. 100%. So, right. So I, I've done, and I've mentioned this on other shows, I've done research for a couple of buddies of mine, one with Crohn's and one with colitis. And I went off and I looked at the uh, forums and it, funny enough, it was the HIV forums where the information was coming from. And for example, in both Crohn's and colitis, the immune system, uh, I believe one certainly, and if not both, the immune system is attacking the, the intestines. In other words, your body's attacking itself and it's degrading the quality of the membranes and the gut line and all this kind of stuff. So basically, uh, although they come from slightly different tangents in terms of the uh, medical issue, you're in a shitter 30 times a day, Steve. 20 times a day is kind of normal, 30 times when you're having a really rough day. And uh, growth hormone from the forums, as I said, with the HIV forums, it was like, how much would you spend in per month? And the average spend per month was $500. Now, because we can get it from companies like Parafarma, we don't have to spend $500. And this is a kind of life-saving for, for those particular people, both for the HIV, for quality of life, and in terms of the Crohn's and colitis, literally being able to absorb the nutrients in food, not having to cram thousands of calories above baseline just to live, and then still having to go to the shit at 20, 30 times a day. So I went off and had a look. And we looked into things like, for example, and I let Steve address another one, one of the side effects, and I did this on the bodybuilding forums, and it's very, very dose-related, Steve. So, for example, and I've said this a bunch of times, the, the typical use, in my opinion, should be the equivalent to 2.5 IUs a day or slightly less, as I know Steve's talked about. And if you keep it to that level or the equivalent, for example, 5 IUs every other day, you, your ability to develop certain side effects is somewhat negated. Now, if you're a professional bodybuilder, you do what needs to be done. And if that's 10, 15, 20 IUs a day, it is what it is. It's not what we would like. And then again, there's issues. So the particular side effect in question is carpal tunnel syndrome. Quite simply, the growth hormone is flickering up the sheaths and the bands of tissue, typically around the wrist here, Steve, for example, in this, as we're talking about here. And it's that thing that comes through repetitive strains. You'll type in a way and you've got your hands resting on the desk and you're doing thousands and thousands of keystrokes per day, and the tissue gets inflamed. It's, a, it's very, very similar in that because of the growth hormone, the tissue's becoming thickened. And it was every single time that I looked, Steve, they were doing the four IUs or five IUs a day equivalent. 
and they were suffering from this particular thing. Perversely, Steve, somewhat ironically, they knew that it was a legit growth hormone if they got carpal tunnel syndrome. I'd rather just use a proper source like Parapharma and keep it to a dose that's effective for me and not have to struggle with that. I will also add, and I'll let Steve talk about the other side effects momentarily, within the strength community, specifically strong man, powerlifting, and so on and so forth, and this is super important even with bodybuilders, the aid to recovery that Steve touched upon is massively important. In fact, it's getting to be 50% of any person that's approaching elite status in that sport. You train your ass off, and then you're spending as much time on your recovery. The other thing is, then, of course, is not only are those sports, especially strongman, attracting the absolute fucking giant, Steve, two metres tall and nearly 400 pounds is not uncommon, but obviously the growth hormone forms a part of that. Now, these motherfuckers are already tall and they're already big, but they're going to use growth hormone to recovery, and it's going to make them, if they wasn't 400 pounds already, they were only 360 pounds, boo-hoo, you're going to get much closer to 370, 380, 390 pounds using moderate amount of anabolics, ironically, and a moderate amount of growth hormone. But these people are like the freaks that we see on the bodybuilding stage at the Mr. Olympia. They were born to be big, and the growth hormone is just going to enhance that again. Talk about the other side effects as well, Steve. Yeah, and look, these side effects will not happen if you run growth hormone at a therapeutic dose. So if you run it, uh, one IU, 1.5 IUs a day, these are going to... So let me get into like HGH, how it's different than anabolic steroids and how it's different than using testosterone. So when you use testosterone, for example, you're using exogenous testosterone, you're shutting down your HPTA. Um, it doesn't matter if you use testosterone, you inject it once a day, once a week, once every two weeks, whatever, it's still going to shut you down. It doesn't matter. Because it's a the ester gets released into your body, it goes into your bloodstream, it's going to signal your pituitary glands. I'm getting too much hormones, I'm getting too much male hormones. So you can use any anabolic steroid with the exception of proviron in some situations. It will do the same thing. It will shut you down. Growth hormone doesn't shut you down. Growth hormone is a pulse. So basically what happens is, your body's producing growth hormone when you're in a fasted state. That's when your body produces growth hormone. After 10 hours in a fasted state, your body's growth hormone starts to increase. So the longer you fast, the more growth hormone your body produces to five days. Then it levels back out. So if I were to fast for five days, my growth hormone would rise in a linear fashion for five straight days after the first 10 hours of fasting. So once I get to day five, it levels out. Then I have, let's say I break my fast and have a meal. That's when I want to take the growth hormone exogenously. Because after I break my fast and have a meal, after those five days, my growth hormone is going to collapse back down and drop. So then I want to take the growth hormone to get it back up because I want to keep my growth hormone elevated. Now, obviously, you know, fasting for five days, you might do that once a year or twice a year. But I mean, let's say you fast overnight for 10 hours or 12 hours, because I mean, you have dinner, you fast overnight, the next day you get up. So why do people say take growth hormone before you have your breakfast? Your breakfast may be at eight o'clock, it may be 10 o'clock, you might have a late breakfast at 12, which is like lunch, for example, but whatever, I'm not trying to, you know, confuse people. 
Well, what I'm saying is the reason people say take the growth hormone before you break your fast, before you have your first meal of the day is for that reason I just explained because your growth hormone naturally will rise in the body for in a linear fashion until you break your fast. Because remember what I said, your, your insulin levels will shoot up and your growth hormone will tank. And the reason for that is a survival mechanism for us to go gather food, hunt for food, go find food. We have to have that energy to go do that. Otherwise, we would just fall up in a ball and die of starvation. But that's not what happens in nature. That's why your cat, your stray cat on your street spends time hunting and it finds foods, it eats foods and goes, takes a nap. Well, that's the same thing with, with humans or any other animal. That's the same thing. It's the way nature works. So that's why it's good to take HGH if you want to get the best benefits out of it. You want to get that pulse. You want to time it to where you time it ahead of your first meal. So that after you have your meal and your growth hormone tanks, you'll have that growth hormone pulsing in your body and you won't lose anything. So let's say you overdose on growth hormone. You use too much growth hormone. One of the things you'll notice is hypoglycemia. I'm talking using at least three, four, five IUs or more a day. You'll get hypoglycemia. Um, you'll get water retention. You could get carpal tunnel. Carpal tunnel, I've seen this. I've had clients run just three IUs a day, even two and a half IUs a day and get carpal tunnel. That's good HGH. So with, with parapharma, you don't have to run a lot of it to start getting these side effects because it's high quality HGH. And a lot of you will start getting those carpal, especially if you work a lot on the computer already, there's a good chance you'll start getting it. Um, sometimes being sleepy because HGH sometimes will knock you out. So if you're someone who usually gets kind of fatigued during the day and sleepy, you're one of those people. I used to work with those people, like they'd be in the office and like they'll doze off while sitting in their chair. If you're one of those people, HGH could do it. But like realistically, it's not going to be an issue. But if you're prone to it, it can happen. So and then the the big one is cancer. And look, and you know, we're doing this show. We're going to be upfront and honest with you guys. We're not trying to push an agenda. But if you've got existing cancer cells in your body and you run a ton of HGH, obviously, because HGH increases and in splits cells, it's going to also the same thing with anabolic steroids, because anabolic steroids will increase androgens and in some cases, estrogen in the body, that's like adding fuel to the fire when it comes to cancer. So you can increase those cancer cells. So you want to make sure that you don't have existing cancer problems already, because if you do, you want to steer clear of HGH. But if you use HGH properly, none of those side effects will ever happen. So you want to make sure that you're adjusting your doses. If you start getting side effects, you need to lower your dose a little bit down. We have to be smart about it. Now, a lot of things too, I'll add this mobster. I don't want to take too much time. But if you run too much HGH, what, like pro bodybuilders, they run like 10, 15 IUs of HGH a day. They want that shit in their system a lot, right? So in their situation, because of the blood sugar issues, what they'll do is they'll have to stack in insulin with it. So if you want to take it to like a hardcore level and you want to use a ton of HGH, you're going to need to probably use insulin as well or use some type of diabetes medication to help knock down your blood sugar back down because your blood sugar is going to be all over the place on HGH. You could be hypoglycemic. You could have high blood sugar. It's going to be all over the place. So you want to basically control it. And that's why bodybuilders will stack insulin with it. And it gives a nice uh, nutri nutrient partitioning effect. But again, if you're not a professional, 
There's no need to run HGH at a high dose. And there's definitely no need to use insulin. Insulin is not something I recommend at all, unless you are completely like a professional bodybuilder and you're trying to get a huge ass body and compete with the big guys. So just want to be careful. And then the HGH gut mobster, I don't know if you want to touch on growth gut a little bit. Um, and then we'll move on to trend. Yeah, literally one more tip, uh, listeners. Uh, and we've kind of, Steve touched on it a little bit earlier on when he talked about the heat issue. Don't leave it in the mailbox and so on and so forth. There's an argument to be made, Steve, for the fragility or lack thereof of peptides, including growth hormone. Here's the thing. Come on the forums if you're not sure about the measurements, preparation and so on and so forth. So this is a simple thing. And again, the forum information would, would uh, double double up on this and, and let you know what the situation is. When you're making it, do not shake like a motherfucker, like you're producing a cocktail at the bar. Don't shake it vigorously. It should be swirled gently, very, very gently. Uh, here's the thing. And again, there's an argument to be made in its powdered form before it's made and produced. It's relatively sturdy, but... Listen, if you're putting it out in a mailbox and it's 80 or 90 degrees and your mailbox is painted black, you might have a problem. You don't know how it's been handled in transit. You don't know how warm and horrible it was on the van and so on and so forth. So make sure you come onto the forums, check out to prepare it, get the best out of it, and we'll move on now, Steve, to Trend. Now, if you're going to use Trend, and I'll get Steve to do the sort of chemical, here's what it is, what it's made of, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, oh, one more thing, Steve, just to let me know. The infamous possible growth hormone gut. I argue against this, Steve, purely and simply because I can think of two or three individuals that were well-known for having a growth hormone gut back in the day, and one specifically, literally the name Palumboism, named after Dave Palumbo, having a striated, lean, vascular six-pack that was bulging out like he was pregnant on stage, a bunch of photographs out there, sits behind his desk doing podcasts like this with no sticking out stomach. So I think there's always more of a volume of food. There is an argument to be made if you're using crazy amounts, there might possibly be a, a distension from the enlargement or thickening up or growth of intestines, etc., etc. But again, if that was the case, Dave's guts would still be sticking out. Right, trend, as I was saying, hardcore. Uh, you need to be aware of the side effects. I'll touch on this very, very quickly, and I'll get Steve to talk about what kind of steroid it is. If you don't know about trend side effects and you take trend, you're going to struggle. Uh, trend is, by some uh, nomenclature with uh, the, the names that certain users like, trend is gold, trend is God, and it's literally because they like how they feel when they're using it. They can almost get away with stupid stuff and still get great results. But obviously, if you do this stuff properly, training, nutrition, and so on, you'll get better results. But let me just give you a couple of side effects here. Trend sweats. I've had strongman buddies go to bed on trend and have to get up in the middle of the night, change his T-shirt, change his sheets, swap the wife, partner, girlfriend around on the bed so that she can have the drier side and so on and so forth because they were sweating so much. And it didn't help, of course, that we're 150 kilos with a higher degree of body fat than, say, a bodybuilder. Transomnia, literally not being able to sleep. Something that Steve touched upon, and this is super, super important, which is precisely why trend became as popular as it did in the, in the 80s, Steve. Steve refers to the simple fact that trend in, uh, in the form of believer phenoplex, Steve, was being administered to cattle just before they went to market. And it was simply used 
to add lean tissue because those cattle were sold by weight. So the more meats they had on the bone, the more the person that had the cattle to sell was making more money. And so bodybuilders say, hang on, something that adds muscle, something that's going to, that, that's going to work for me. Now, as I say, you've got a bunch of side effects. There's literally people that don't even like how they feel on. I've used Trend Steve as part of the cut stack, and I was well aware that I was using Trend. It's not comfortable. I was only using a low amount, which helps. But for, if you're going to use a higher amount, you're going to run into big, bigger issues. Talk about what trend is before we get into dosing and cycling. So the pharmaceutical type of trend came out, Negma out of France. If you're lucky enough to use that back in the day, a lot of people actually stocked up on it before it came out of use. And um, it was discontinued back in the um, 1997. It was discontinued. So if you were lucky enough to use it, I was in high school at the time. Um, I don't know, Mobster, if you knew anybody who used it back then, but they took it out. They didn't want any heat on it. So what guys were started to do, um, even before that in the 80s, um, it was using the cattle industry as Finijet. So what they started to do after it got banned, they started to use Finiplex H and they started extracting the trend acetate hormone from cattle pellets um, uh, from that from that Finiplex H brand. And that's how they started creating. So you had guys on forums and, and underground websites and stuff who were actually making it because they want the, the farmers basically use it in the cattle industry to, of course, make the cow bigger before slaughter because they can make more money that way. Um, so those creative uh, chemistry nerds um, who, who would do that. So after that, uh, underground labs such as Parapharma started producing trend. And luckily nowadays, you can get some good quality trend. And Parapharma has so many different trend options. And trend is, you know, look, like Mobster said, it's the nectar of the gods. I mean, it is, it, once you go trend, it's hard to go back to Primo, hard to go back to Equipoise, hard to go back with just 500 milligrams of testosterone because it blows anything away. The biggest gains that I ever had in terms of body weight and strength have been on trend. And the big misconception out there from people is they think that trend is a cutter or trend will, you know, is something you take and you lose a lot of weight. Uh, you know, that's one of those anecdotal things and people who are like, they're overweight or something and they get into shape, they start taking trend and they start eating good and they start working out again and they lose weight. They're like, oh, trend helped me lose weight. If you already are a beast and you get on trend, it will take you to levels. It will, it will break through the plateaus and barriers of weight. I weighed more on trend than I weighed on any other steroid I use. I was as strong on trend as any other steroid I use. So trend is absolutely a great bulker. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. So mobster touch on that a bit and let's go over the different parapharma trend options. Um, if you want to ask read you a question, some of them Steve. off, I'll read some of them I off. I want to ask you a question when it comes to trend because Steve hasn't mentioned this, but he has on other shows. I believe you called it the, the relationship breaker up or the relationship steroid that you'd actually had yeah. problems yeah. one particular problem yeah so trend you know versus any other steroid um it messes with the dopamine receptors in your brain it messes with other receptors in your brain so it's definitely the relationship killer every relationship i've been on and i've used trend it's killed my relationship it's a, it's batting 100 percent. so keep that in mind um, there's a good chance that it will break up your relationship because you're going to want to stray. You're going to want to go, 
meet other women. You're going to be so, you know, confident on the stuff. You're going to want that dopamine rush of going out and meeting new women and having them salivate over you. You see what I'm saying? So that's one of the things with, with trend that does with others. So it's definitely a hardcore steroid. You want to wait to use trend until you've really experienced. It's like giving a teenager a, a, uh, a Lamborghini. You just don't do it. Let the teenager start the teenager on a Hyundai or a Ford. Let him work his way up to a Lamborghini later on in life. Don't just give it to him right away because he's going to crash that Lamborghini. Um, I can guarantee you. So Parafarm, let's go over some of the options, Mobster. Um, yep. You know, feel free to jump in whenever you want. But I'll start us off. Parafarm, Trend Ace 100. Very simple. 100 milligram a milliliter. Um, shorter ester. So with the Trend Ace, you want to inject it. Every day, every other day, or every third day would be fine. A lot of people say, oh, you can't do it every third day. No, you can. You can. These esters, they get released slower than what people think. So you can get away with every third day. That's fine. Um, if you want to, you know, do more injections, you can do it every other day or every day. That's fine. Whatever suits your need. Um, now, if you don't like injections and you don't mind running a little bit of a longer cycle, that's going to take a little longer to build up in your system. Although Trend does hit you like a ton of bricks, regardless, you can go with Parapharma Trend Enenthate, and it's a 200 milligram milliliter. So it saves you on injections because every milliliter is 200 milligrams, you see. So that's really cool. There's also a Trend Mix 350. It's Trend E, 100 milligrams, Test E250. So if you'd like to run tests, on your cycles and you insist on using test, you can stack that trend mix 350. So you'll be getting two and a half times more tests than you would trend E. So this would be something you would really um, be able to bulk on really nicely. And you, your libido would be crazy running test trend and HGH together. Um, you've got the long stack 300, um, which is, uh, a great parapharma option as well. That's going to be mastering Masteron E, Testosterone E, and Tremblone E. All the enanthate esters, longer esters. It's 100 milligrams of each. So one cc of this stuff is going to be 100 milligrams of each of those steroids. So this is a really good option for those of you who like to add test and Masteron to your trend. So this would be a good one too. You could definitely bulk on it. Although the Masteron is more of a hardener, it's still going to help you bulk because it is a DHT derivative and it does bind to SHBG really well. So it's going to make the other things in your cycle run even better. So those are different options for you, Mobster. What are your thoughts on that, Mobster? And we'll kind of yeah. give you guys some ideas on how to stack them. So Steve and I were discussing very briefly in the pre-show which choice we would use. I mean, if you've never used Trend at all, I was get you to go off and try it solo in the form of the ACE helium synchrony so that it's in your system relatively quickly and out of your system relatively quickly, certainly compared to the longer esters. Uh, and therefore, if it can handle it, then you know perhaps that you might be able to handle the longer esters and you're going to be more comfortable knowing with the, that you can deal with the side effects, etc. Now, because of the topic of today's show is bulking with trend and growth hormone, I, I was torn, Steve, because... We've talked about uh, lean bulks and, and, and dirty bulking vis-a-vis -vis whether you gain some fat and water on cycle versus trying just to add pure muscle tissue. And I'm looking I'm looking here, Steve. Uh, if I wanted to be harder, I would probably go with the long stack that Steve talked about. And I'd probably only do that a couple of times a week, Steve. 
because you're getting 100 milligrams of each of those uh, products, the, the master on the test and the trend. And I, I, I literally two jabs a week for me would be sufficient because you're still talking about 600 milligrams total. Some of the more hardcore amongst you might want to go high, and especially if you're competing again. And there's a rule, medium slash long acting esters as well. So two jabs a week from that, 600 milligrams total, including 200 milligrams from the trend alone would be fine. And of course, I'm getting that best of both world type things again. The, the other one, which I suspect for me, Steve, would probably be more of a softer look a little bit more water, a little bit more of a dirty slash wet bulk uh, with the trend and the growth hormone, trying to keep the fat off, et cetera, et cetera, would probably be the trend mix or the trend bow E, the, the in amphate on its own. What what would your choice be and how would you run them, Steve? Yeah, so on these, I would stick to anywhere between one to three IUs of HGH a day um, total. Now you can split up your HGH, but like I said at the beginning, my tip, and this goes on the, the last segment we're talking about when it comes to using HGH is, is go ahead and use the HGH before your meals. It's very important to time it. It's less important to time the trend, okay? Because trend is going to have an ester attached to it no matter what you do. It's either going to have the acetate ester and anthate ester. So it's going to be a slower release. It's going to be a slow release. It's not going to be a pulse effect, you see? So trend, I would run anywhere from 200 to 500 milligrams a week total. And if you're using the ACE, you want to inject it more often. If you're using the E, you can inject it less often. Once or twice a week with the NFA is perfectly fine. And that's pretty much it. I mean, you can start there. Don't be afraid to adjust your dosages. Keep in mind what the trend is. It's going to hit you like a ton of bricks, okay, during the cycle. And you want to be aware of that. And you want to make sure you're using your support supplements with it. And, um, you know, one of the options, too, that you can do is you can uh, you can check out. So on this one, you're not going to need an aromatase inhibitor because trend doesn't aromatize. But if you do use that trend mix, it does have a lot of testosterone in it. Each cc is going to be 250 milligrams. So if you're going to use that trend mix 350 that we talked about, you want to want to pick up the parafarm and aromacin or the parafarm and aromatase. And definitely have that on hand. So those are really, really smart options. Another option too is you can add an oral to this if you want. You don't have to, but if you were just to go with straight trend ACE or trend E and then stack HGH with that, you could throw in an oral and that would give it the cycle a little more of a punch. And, you know, I would go with a lighter oral. I would go with either the parapharma Anavar or the Parapharma T-Bowl. You don't need anything stronger than that because those are very mild steroids and they're not going to cause a lot of side effects. But look, at the, the, the bottom line, I just want to be clear, you don't need anything more than that HGH and trend. And here's the thing with HGH. Another trick I would tell you guys is start the HGH before you start the trend because HGH really, the best results from HGH are going to come by that second and third month in terms of all the effects that it's going to give you, the recovery aspects, the sleep increase, you're going to go grow like a weed. So start the HGH ahead of starting the trend because you're not going to be able to run trend for a long period of time, but you can run the HGH for a long period of time. You can run the HGH for months. Some people run it for six months or longer. Um, some guys just stay on it for the entire year. So as long as you're running a, a, a safe dose of HGH, you can run it for a long period of time. 
And the thing with HGH too, and a lot of people are going to disagree with this. That's fine. All right. Everyone has an opinion, but with HGH, you can be flexible with it. Like you can do five days on, two days off. You can do every other day HGH. The idea with HGH, again, it's a pulse effect. And people don't understand that. They think it's anabolic steroids. Anabolic steroids, you want to inject them on a schedule and you want to inject them consistently because they build up in your system because of the esters and they trickle out of your system because of the esters. Okay. But with HGH, you can play around. You can, there may be a day where you don't inject HGH. Maybe one day you don't inject HOH. Maybe you use it every other day. Maybe you use it twice a day. Maybe you use it three times a day. Maybe you use it just in the morning before your first meal. There's different ways to do it. I mean, again, you're getting a pulse from the HGH, but your body's also going to be still producing the growth hormone at the same time. Yeah. So unfortunately, before you bring you mobster, you're not going to be able to fast when you're running trend. Because remember how we talked about the side effects of trend earlier and, and mobster brought up the night sweats. Well, a big reason for those night sweats is people aren't doing a good enough job of spreading out carbs on trend. You do not run a, want to run a ketogenic or a no or low carb diet while you're on trend because those side effects will get out of hand. And that's because the way trend partitions in the body, it's like a sponge and it turns your muscles extremely insulin resistant. So when you get that insulin resistant effect, you have to feed them the muscles with glycogen to refill. Otherwise, you're going to feel those symptoms of low blood sugar. You're going to have low energy. You're going to have the insomnia. You're going to get the sweats, all kinds of issues like that. Add the HGH to it, and you're really going to have a problem. So it's very important when you're doing trend, do not do a lot of fasting when you're on trend. You want to basically be spreading out your carbs throughout the day. I would even get some raw uh, juice, either raw orange juice or raw apple juice. Make sure it doesn't have any added sugar, any of that crap into it. I would even drink some of that and get some raw coconut water. That's really good too. Just those added natural sugars that you can get into your body and then also keep in mind with trend, the electrolyte imbalances that it's going to create because trend, the way it works in the body, it's so inflammatory. There is a, uh, there's an inflammatory prostaglandin in the body called PG, PGF2A. Okay. And what trend does is it causes that to go haywire. And when that goes haywire, that causes a lot of inflammation in the body. So when that happens, you tend to get de dehydrated very, very quickly on trend. So you want to make sure you don't sweat too much on trend. If you do sweat, you need to get your uh, electrolytes back in. Um, you want to make sure you might want to get an electrolyte drink. I don't like these electrolyte drinks. They have a lot of additives. They have a lot of crap in them. But you want to find one that's has the least amount of additives and least amount of, of, of things in them. Sports drinks are the devil. Um, they are least quality. So make sure you're getting a high quality electrolyte mix where you can mix up your own electrolytes. Uh, really, you need uh, cream of tartar, which is going to be your uh, potassium. You need liquid magnesium and you need salt. And you can mix those three things with water and that would uh, make your own electrolyte mix. And that would be really good. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, those are some, some of my uh, HGH and trend tips and tricks that you're not going to hear from any other podcast. Mobster, uh, why don't you chime in? We have a few. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw one in that I think you should, uh, it's not necessarily one that's common or uncommon. You'll get better results and feel better when it comes to the side effects of trend. If you're kind of in shape already, if you're a fat motherfucker is out of shape and you're hoping the trend's going to lean you up and you're hoping the growth hormone's going to lean you up, yes, they will. But you will mitigate some of the side effects if you're kind of in shape already. It's a lot worse for the side effects if you are obese. It's a lot worse if your body fat percentage is kind of high. On the growth hormone thing, Steve, and I think this is important, guys. Whenever I started to consider PED use, but even without that, just to get the better results from my training, one of the bits of research I did very long time ago, Steve, probably 20 plus years ago, was looked at how those hormones are produced in the body and when. So, for example, you get a small growth hormone boost, as Steve said from fasting, is typically pulsed and released into the body overnight. So you're more likely to get it from the sleep. That's another reason for enhancing your sleep, of course, deeper sleep, a restful sleep, which is aiding recovery. And also just after the brief, heavy duty, the shorter versions, the more intense versions of training. If you're training for four hours, forget it. You go in there and kill it in 50 or 60 minutes, you're probably going to get a mild growth hormone boost then. And, of course, this is precisely why we go to the gym, to stay young looking, to be muscular. And the simple effect of doing that is actually going to aid those things. And that should then be replicated, in my opinion, Steve, in the use. As Steve said when he talks about pulsing and fasting and so on and so forth, you'll note what he's talking about fasting. Fasting is what we do when we go to sleep at night time and wake up in the morning, eight, nine, ten hours when we haven't eaten. That is why the first meal of the day is called breaking fast breakfast. And again, growth hormone overnight, natural but natural release. Why is it boosted at certain times, aka Steve, puberty? It's what makes us grow to be to the height that we get to finally. It's what those kind of hormones, testosterone wakes you up in the morning as an example. So you go, right. And of course, for us from PED use, Steve, is how to make the effects of the work that we do in the gym give us the best results at the same time in combination with PEDs, in combination and trend, in combination with growth hormone. So we look at those things sometimes to say, if we mimic those things, will we make the effects that we get greater? Do we, for example, as Steve said, do we take growth hormone through the day? No. Whereas, ironically, there's a small argument for a minor testosterone boost pre-workout, but it's more likely to work consistently through the day. The ester length, especially if it's medium to long, means you're going to get more consistent. And of course, it isn't necessarily it's going to enhance your training, but it's going to enhance your recovery. So we found, for example, that the longer esters, probably more effective in that particular way, Steve, in terms of recovery and adding muscle than the shorter ones and so on and so forth. But again, all of these things come down to your need, your desires, your requirements, the shape that you're in and so on and so forth. It's precisely why... And again, because they can afford it, hopefully because they're pros, the way that a pro bodybuilder will use it, even with their great genetics, tends to be different from what you and I might describe as a recreational lifter. And again, reasons for, and I'll touch on this very quickly again, Steve. So, and I'm including myself here. You train long enough, you're going to have injuries. You're going you're gonna to strain stuff. And, of course, you're trying to push the fucking envelope compared to the average man in the street in the first place. You're trying to add muscle tissue. So you're going to get wear and tear, things like the shoulder joint, the carpal tunnel, my knee aches when it rains, that kind of vibe. And that's because you're sitting under 500-pound squats, 
you're pressing 400 pound bench press and so on and so forth some point your joints are going to bitch and moan and complain about it and we've had the occasional athlete member etc come onto the forums and they'll look at for example peptides like bpc and tb but they're also sometimes going to look at growth hormone so that's part and parcel again of why we're using it what we're trying to do and so on and so forth but here for today's topic that idea of bulking let me finish out the show steve on nutrition and training it's always going to be important regardless of the cycle and you're going to get much much better results if your approach to nutrition is on point now trend and growth will if you're kind of lazy let you get away with a little bit more than perhaps other cycles that you can do other less potent shall we say but ultimately you will get the best results if your nutrition is on point Training, of course, is going to be that little bit more difficult on trend because of the way it affects the body with the inflammation, sometimes gives your cardio a kick in and so on and so forth. But as best you can, prepare for the cycle by being in shape, as I said earlier on. Start your training approach. And as Steve said, perhaps even the growth hormone ahead of the trend. And then when you introduce the trend, try to keep your level of intensity as high as possible. Now, it might be a little bit harder when you're on trend, but guys, you're on trend and on growth because you're serious and you're kicking in your heart. So take your game up a notch and keep it there for as long as you possibly can. Come on the forums, ask us questions about the trend and growth hormone, post your comments below, let us know what you think and how you've done it. Give us a really good indication, if you can, please, of the results you've had from a cycle that included trend and growth hormone. We'd like to hear what your thoughts are on the matter. As always, Please note, we are not doctors and opinions are ours. It's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic, our podcast for informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the first amendment.